we're going to leave here in about 30 to 35 minutes. But no, we're going we're gonna to be out of here by about 12, 12.05, and, and uh, we're going to sing the last song, take the last sip of coffee, shake a few hands, get in our car and go, and it seems like here's what happens. It's like we take off our faith, like we take off our Sunday faith, and then we just go through the rest of the week. And so like we, we are... We're very good at church. Like we, we put it on the calendar, right? It's like we're, we're going to be there on Sunday. We got two choices, 9 a.m., 11 a.m. We know how to dress. We know how to act. We know how to sing. We know. So we got this Sunday faith thing pretty well down. And then Monday comes. And our Monday faith looks a lot different than our Sunday faith. And it's almost like we just disconnect from what our faith looked like just the day before. And so Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, and we have it in our Bibles as the book of Colossians, and Paul makes this incredible connection from your faith that you have on Sunday to what it needs to look like on Monday. And here's the incredible thing. He is addressing a situation in the church that we don't have a lot of relation to. So in the church of Colossae, there were slaves and masters that attended the same church. And so he's addressing that in Colossians chapter 3. And here's what he says. He says, don't change your job. Change your attitude. He's like, we're not, he said, I'm not I'm not telling the slaves to revolt, and I'm not telling the masters to set everybody free. It was a culturally accepted norm at the time. What he was doing instead was saying, you are members of the kingdom of God, and that supersedes whatever social constraints you might have. And so what he does, instead of telling the slaves to revolt, And instead of telling all the masters to set all the slaves free, he says, you don't need to change your jobs. You need to change your attitudes. And so what we're going to try and do today is we're going to cover a few attitude adjustments, a mindset shift that takes your Sunday faith that's in this compartment over here and helps it match what your Monday faith needs to look like. Because they should not be in separate compartments. It's all the same thing. So the first attitude adjustment, we're jumping right in here. The first attitude adjustment is an attitude of service. As Christ followers, we are contributors. We're not here to gain power for ourselves. We're here to empower other people. We go to work to serve, not to be served. So as we are looking at what Monday faith needs to look like and what this kingdom faith looks like, we go to work to serve, not to be served. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, and, and, and I don't know how awkward this was for the church there, 
because like he writes this letter to them and then you know they're going to read it publicly. And you've got servants and masters in the same audience. And he says this, he says, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. And then he even goes further. He says, not with eye service. That's a great word that just says, not just when the boss is looking. Not with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, only worried about pleasing that individual. But in singleness of heart, I love that terminology. It means mental honesty. Like how you behave is how you feel. And how you feel is how you behave. There's like, like singleness of heart. What you say you believe should be manifested in how you behave. You can't have bitter water and sweet water came out of the same faucet. So in singleness of heart, your behavior reflects exactly what's already there. No hypocrisy. And then he says, fearing God. Verse 23, and whatsoever you do, do it, I love this word, heartily. Heartily. It has the idea of your soul breathing. Like this is just, it's who I am. I'm a Christ follower. There's no difference between my Sunday faith and my Monday faith. I don't praise Jesus at work and then gripe about my boss on Monday. I put in a good day's work. I work hard. And I show the difference Christ makes in my life on Monday. Just like I smile and sing songs on Sunday. No hypocrisy, heartily. It comes out of your soul. And then he says this, as to the Lord, who owns everything anyway, who gave you your job, who gave you the ability to work, you are serving in your position as a, as a mother, as a father, as a coworker, as a boss. You are working and serving with this attitude of service. I am here to serve. If you're a boss, you are there to empower your employees. If you're an employee, you're there to serve well and provide for your coworkers and for your boss and not unto men, he said. (laughs) You're serving Jesus at work. That's what he's saying. That's the attitude shift. Monday faith insists that our relationship with Jesus doesn't end when we leave church, but it extends to the construction site. It extends to the classroom. It extends to your cubicle. It extends to your home. It extends to the soccer field. It extends to the grocery store. Your Monday faith should not be any different than what your Sunday faith is. In fact, I would think your Monday faith is really what your faith is like. Because we are good fakers. Hey, pastor. How you doing? So good to be in the Lord's house this morning. And if that's who you are, that's great. But then like, does that translate? Like, are, is that who you are then on Monday? 
On Sunday, we serve the Lord within the four walls of this church. I'm just saying we can serve him outside these four walls too. And I'm saying that whatever your life looks like, caring for a family, caring for a client, caring for a boss, whatever that looks like, our heart of service needs to be such that we're doing this as to the Lord and not unto men, an attitude of service. Monday faith has an attitude of, I'm here to serve. Not only that, Monday faith has an attitude of worship. And let me, let me wrap your brain around this. This is, this is really an awesome thought. We live in a world of self-worship, right? Look at me. Like we decide what car to drive, not just because it's comfortable, but because of like what other people are going to think about us. Now, not everybody's that way. Maybe I'm just the only vain one in the room. Don't look at me that way. But it's like we have this, like the clothes that we wear, the house that we live in, all this stuff, it has to go through our mind. I mean, you look at the mirror in the morning before you leave the house. So like we're concerned with how other people, and I appreciate that, by the way. We are concerned with what other people think, but this is a very self-pleasing society. But in contrast, God says that we go to work to make a name for God. Let's read verse 23 again. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. What comes out of your soul as to the Lord, who is the owner of all things, not unto men. Paul makes it very clear that work is a means of worship. Work is a way for us to honor God with our life. Folks, wrap your brain around this. this. Your faith and your singing songs is not the only way that you worship God. The life that you live and the quality of work that you do and how you interact with people is a beautiful way to demonstrate your faith and a beautiful way to honor God. And you worship God with the work that you do. Paul says that whatever you do can be and should be for the Lord. You just can't get away from the fact. All right, so here's the thing. Your work and your life either honors God or it dishonors God. And Paul is saying that God's work and my daily work are one and the same. So you can't get away from it. Not only should we have this attitude of service, but we should have an attitude of worship. And the work that I do is a way for me to honor the God that I love. We're created to work. There should be a quality of work that you have, and there should be whole heart put into it, And because God only deserves the best that we have. An attitude of service, an attitude of worship, and I love this, an attitude of eternity. Too often we get caught up in the competition of stuff. Now, let me be completely transparent. I like stuff. All right? Stuff is great. I like, I like having stuff. But we get in this competition. Have you ever heard the phrase, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins? You're still dead. All right? There's more to life than this life. Right? We talked about it a few weeks ago. This life is preparation for eternity. And the work that we do and, and the things that we get and the reward that we get for our labor, 
We just need a better perspective because it's not just about what we get to enjoy right here. The very next verse in verse 24 says, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So he just got done telling servants, as you work for your master and obey them and do everything they say, you need to do it as to the Lord because it's the Lord who's going to reward you for the labor that you do. And it's not going to be a new car. It's not going to be your new paycheck. It's not going to be a raise. The, the, the Lord is talking about eternal rewards. And as you have this kingdom mindset and as you're living your faith at your job without saying a word, you're just exemplifying what a faith-based work ethic looks like. You're earning rewards in heaven because you're working for the master. Think about it. Your daily work as a teacher, as a banker, as a plumber, as a mom counts for eternity. That's a big deal. What you, there's no separation. The difference between a secular job and a spiritual job is just a mindset. There's no difference between what I do here on Sunday and you do there on Monday. It's all kingdom work. And we're going to be held accountable for how we work, how we live on Monday and Tuesday, not just on Sunday. But keep in mind, he's talking to servants in this passage. If there's anybody that had a right to grumble or gripe or who felt like they had a lack of rights, now I believe culturally it was a little bit different than what we think of. A lot of them were voluntary, but it was just a way of life for a lot of people. And Paul is not, but, but let me just, Paul is not attacking the desire to make a profit. And Paul is not saying you can't have nice things. Paul is just saying that if that's all you're thinking about, you're very short-sighted. Because the temporary world is too small. Think bigger. Think eternally. I love what C.S. Lewis said this. He said in his book, The Weight of Glory, he said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition with inf- when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased, end of quote. What he's saying here is that There is so much more to working than a paycheck. There is so much more to work than just being able to buy a new car or have a nice house. And I'm not opposed to any of that. And I think we ought to be rewarded for our labor. But keep in mind, that's just here. That we have the opportunity to be storing rewards up in heaven because of the way that we work and how we carry out our Monday faith rather than just on Sunday. Think bigger. Think eternally. The last attitude I want to mention to you this morning is this idea of excellence. Having an attitude adjustment of excellence. 
as we read in that last verse, as to the Lord. That's a pretty powerful motivator. Whether you're framing a house, washing a car, caring for a patient, cleaning a home, helping a client, whatever it is, do it well. And let your work be an example of the quality of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let that speak for itself. You should have a higher standard than just the boss. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but serving the Lord as to the Lord. Here's the truth. Our work should demonstrate the difference Jesus makes. And there's something different about this guy. It's just not that he's a dodo. It's like he's, there's something different about the quality of work that he, I mean, there's something significant. There is something, the work that, like, you should be a master craftsman. Like, like this is something that God is doing in your life, and it improves the quality of the work that you do. Do you see that? Like this relationship that we enjoy, we have a different motivator, and that's we're doing it as to the Lord. And it ought to look nicer. I remember one for a long time, Melissa, she's going to kill me, but she's not here. So it's amazing how brave I get. It's like, okay, so she used to like have very vivid dreams. And then she would like act them out while she's sleeping. She jumps up out of bed one night and says, Eric, we got to get the house ready. The governor's coming. Now, I'm like stone asleep. It's like 1.30 in the morning. I'm in a deep REM, right? I'm like, I'm like gone. We got to get up. The governor's coming. I'm like, babe, the governor's not coming. And then she starts getting aggravated with me. She's like, he is coming. We have got to get this house clean. I said, I said, honey, the house is fine, and the governor's not coming. She goes, yes, he is coming to the house. And then she starts kind of waking up. And I'm like, who's our governor? I don't know, but shut up. And then she crawls back into bed as she's now fully awake and totally embarrassed. And I can't wait for her to hear this. But like the governor's coming, so now we have to get everything cleaned up, right? But that's the way we behave sometimes, right? Here comes the boss. I'm just saying there ought to be a sense of excellence in the work that we do. Because we're doing it for the Lord. Whether or not the boss is looking. Whether or not anybody else is going to see it. There ought to be an excellence in what we do. The quality of our work speaks to the importance of pleasing Jesus in our life. Do your job well. I believe this. I believe that these things that we just spoke about, these attitude adjustments, They earn you the right to be heard. Too many Christians want to share the gospel verbally. But they don't have a life that really backs it up. And so there's nothing about the life that we live, there's nothing about our Monday faith that would make somebody curious about the Christ that we love. we got a lot of creepy Christians out there. We've got a lot of jerks at work that are like, like, 
they talk about Jesus, and that's kind of what they're known for. But it's like you don't like them. You just don't like them. And that's not at all. I don't, I don't think that's at all what Christ is not interested in us being odd just to be odd. Like our relationship with Jesus ought to make us better, not just weirder. Okay? Write that down. That's a book title. But it ought to, it ought to make everything, it ought to improve everything you do. There ought to be excellence to what we do. So here's a couple of bottom line. Here, here's the, here, I just want to say this. Monday faith is a better indicator of your faith than your Sunday faith. But here's the bottom line. Our daily work is significant to God and his kingdom. Maybe you don't play in the band. Maybe you don't hand out bulletins. Maybe you don't serve in the soup kitchen. Your Monday faith is significant to God and his kingdom. What you do as a mom, how you keep your house, the quality of your work is a reflection of the God you serve and the Jesus you have a relationship with. It's not disconnected. It's all the same stuff. The excellence, the service, the attitude that we have, it is significant to God and his kingdom. Whether you're swinging a hammer, pushing a pencil, changing a diaper, giving a sales pitch, leading a coworker to Christ, to make your life count for God and to Extend his kingdom doing the work that he has gifted us to do. We don't need to change jobs. We just need to change our attitudes. All right, and then I came up with another bottom line. I don't know if it's possible to have two bottom lines. Okay, thank you. So we can have two bottom lines. Rob said so. So here's the other bottom line. Work is not the enemy of your spiritual life. It is a key component of it. Folks, this is huge. Like we're not in competition with our boss. Like my boss is not keeping me from living my Christian life. Well, maybe he is. But your work's not. Right? So my Monday faith is probably more significant in in, in advancing the kingdom of God, than my Sunday faith. This is a beautiful time of encouragement. This is a wonderful time to exhort, the Bible says, right? We're we're building each other up. We're enjoying spending time together. But that's where it really happens. Work is not the enemy of your spiritual life. It's a key component of it. So here's what my, my fear is. I think we've grown up and we've come to believe that you have, you have Sunday faith in this compartment, and you have Monday faith in this compartment. Like you have, you have what you do here on church and our church speak, our Christianese, words that only we understand, right? That's, that's in this box over here, and then in this box over here is everything else in our life that's just like what everybody else does. 
And we gripe about the same things that everybody else gripes about. And we do the same stuff everybody else does. And there's no difference between us and somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Christ. And how wrong is that? Let's take the compartments away. Let's just have faith. Let's have faith that is the same on Sunday as it is on Monday. So they can't be enemies. One can't be. So so here's the thing. Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart, soul, and mind. And then Paul said that you're supposed to serve your master heartily. Same context, same idea. Well, how can, wait a minute, wait a minute. If these are two separate entities, work and church or faith and work or Monday faith and Sunday faith, if they're two separate entities and they're not, they don't sync well, then how can we love God with all of our heart and still serve with all of our heart the men who are in our lives that we work for. There is no conflict because you can serve God with all your heart and love God with all your heart by serving and working heartily. There's no conflict. Work is an essential part of the spiritual life. We need a mind shift. We need an attitude adjustment. We need to understand there is a purpose to the work that we've been called to do. Now, that being said, I'm all about improving your life. And if you want to, need a, if you want to get another job, get another job. If you want to pay raise, get a pay raise. I mean, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying there's no conflict. And I believe this. That if your faith is authentic, if it's the real deal, you're going to be a great worker and you're going to be a great boss. But if you're faking it and you just have fire insurance, like I got just enough to stay out of hell, but it doesn't make any difference in my life, you're missing it. Because faith and this relationship changes everything about your life. What has the potential to. And there ought to be something about the way that you live and the way that you serve and the way that you work that makes a significant impact on the kingdom of God. Not at church, but out there. We need to be authentic. That's when it becomes valuable. On Monday rather than just on Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we, maybe this was an aha moment for somebody. Maybe it's like, okay, Eric, man, I just, I never considered how important it was for me to do well at work or how well it was for me to love my family well and, and be a good neighbor. God, I firmly believe that you have a purpose for us in your kingdom outside of the 60 minutes we spend in church with each other and help us to live out our faith and have an attitude adjustment, a mind shift about how we interact 
in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen.